Jason, you ever pulled any pranks when you're in school? Oh yeah. Let's hear about it. You want to hear what I did in high school or college? How about uh, one of each? One of each. Let's see. Back in high school, I was a senior and I was in a class that was not with a lot of my friends. And a lot of my friends were in the same English class. And I wanted to visit them. So when this other class that I was participating in, that I was in, was heading to the library. They all went one way down the hallway. I peeled off and went the other direction and walked right into my friend's class thinking I would just visit them. Unbeknownst to me, they were taking a test and it was a substitute teacher. He said, are you Brandon? I said, yes, I am. Gave me the test. I sat down. There was the desks were in a quad. So there was three other people sitting at, at that quad with me. And, uh, they were like, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking a test. <laughs> was Brandon your friend? I had no idea who Brandon oh, was. Wow. <laughs> no, he was not my friend. So you took Brandon's test for the day. I did. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, filled it out. It was like a definition test or whatever. So you can imagine I came up with some really good definitions. Were you the first one done? I was the first one done. Congratulations. And I handed the test back in and walked out before anybody else was done. And I said, I'm out. Wow. What about college? College. Let's see. I did the similar thing. I walked into a class that was about, I was at Michigan State. It was about the size of 900 people or so. Uh, I was in a lecture hall. It was the day of my exams. And on my way to my exam, I stopped at this other class. And I sat in to take their exam. Now I had a pattern here. Yeah. And so uh, the, the TA, the teacher's assistant, started uh, describing the nature of cheating and no one should cheat. And if we catch you cheating, you're going to get kicked out. You're going to get a zero in the class. All these repercussions for cheating. And I just kind of ignored him. And then uh, got the test. First question looked at the girl next to me. and was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Hey. So you're talking out loud? Yeah. Kind of <clears throat> like softly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good answer. Filled it in. Looked at her sheet. The second question, she kind of caught on like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I can't quite see your answer. So I looked at the other girl next to me and I was like, oh yeah, okay, see, that's great. And then I tried to look at hers again. She was, both of the girls on both sides of me kind of covered their papers. So I had to lean forward and look at the girl next to the one that was sitting next to me. And by this time, I feel a tap on my shoulder. And it was the TA. And he goes, I need to see you out in the hall. I said, I looked back at him and I said, I'm taking a test. So I went back to filling in the Scantron. He tapped one more time. I need to see you out in the hall. And I looked at him. I'm busy. The third time, he kind of demanded. And he said, get out in the... And they used the explicitive. <laughs> a 
hallway. And at this point, everybody was well aware of the situation. So I got up, walked to the end of the aisle. He tried to grab my test. I grabbed it back from him. I started walking up the the hall or the the walkway, and then I ran out. <laughs> so this was a class you were not in. Not in. And I ran to the class that I had to take in the exam, and my friend there was like, "Why are you late?" I was like, "Because I just got caught cheating in another class." <laughs> There you go. And so now at Michigan State, there's a policy that you have to swipe your ID card in order to take a test. You know you're good when a policy is created because of your behavior. Yes. That's good. Good so, for you. Congrats. What about you? Do you have any <laughs> any stories of pranks while you were in high school? High school, me and some friends all we went to I went to a very large school. We coordinated one day to um to set off these little sulfur um they're called stink bombs they're just little it's a little vial of like sulfur it smells awful if you know what sulfur smells like mm-hmm. and we coordinated to do that all over our school at once during one passing period so it was like 30 seconds after the bell rang our job each of us there's like i think eight of us was to was to uh you know set these off throughout the school so that during that whole passing period, no matter where you went, it just smelled awful. So, yeah, we did that. And then I went to college, and there's just too many things to tell. <laughs> Some of those records are sealed. Did I people may or may not have had my Miranda rights read to uh, me. Oh, yes. I may or may not almost not graduated. Never destroyed anything, just all nope. tomfoolery. But, yep. yeah, campus is one of those places that... Uh, so I was trying to, to find a way to do something uh, a little crazy. See, there was one time when I replaced the whipped cream of the desserts in the cafeteria at Michigan State with sour cream. Ooh. And I put them back in the display. Nice. I don't know the results of that prank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I did, I did a, a quite a few pranks in college and... Literally had to meet with the president two days before I graduated <laughs> with his diploma, with my diploma on his desk. And not, that, uh, not signed yet. <laughs> not signed yet. And he made a note of that. But now we're good friends and it's all good. And just one of those uh, just uh, rambunctious students. Oh, uh, yes. But always uh, never destructive. So if no. you listen to this, I always think the best pranks are clever, clever and not destructive. Sorry, Brandon. Sorry, I gave you a bad grade. Yeah, if you're listening, that was that was probably a little distracting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about the campus, and on the last episode we we talked about how campuses are a place where students sometimes don't really see the opportunity, and they may not understand. And we're talking about Christ-following students here, ways they can really engage and and become an influence for good. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Glad you're with us today on The Thought Factory. We are continuing this conversation about 
how to be engaged on the school campus in terms of how we're connecting. And today, this really is going to be focused on what we as adults, ministry leaders, people involved in the lives of students can do to connect to a school campus. We made um, a very compelling case and had a great discussion last episode, Jason, about why the campus is strategic and for anyone in student ministry, the school campus has to be something that we're thinking about, we're connected to, it's part of our strategy. I don't believe anymore we can just accept the students that arrive at our church or our ministry. We have to think beyond that and just, we have to go into the schools and we have to be an outreach and have the school campus as part of the strategy and not just, hey, I'm going to be a, a youth pastor or a youth minister or a youth worker and, and just minister to the students that show up. Yeah, I think that is, we've talked about it last last episode where it's no longer they're dropping out. It's they're not even showing up anymore. Yeah. That, that question of what do we do with students dropping out of faith and church after high school is an old question. The question is now is how do we even connect them in the first place? So that is very critical to the discussion now as we move forward. And so Jason, just like you're saying, we have to be proactive not just wait for students to show up. We got to go to where they are if we want to reach this generation. We're going to talk about today how specifically we can do that. And before we get into that, we've got a couple really exciting things coming up this summer. We've got NTS Camp. And as you're listening to this, you might be considering or thinking uh, about opportunities for this summer. And Jason, we love to do camp um, because one of the things that it does is it helps youth ministries kind of do their thing throughout the year. That's one of the fun things about NTS. It is a momentum starter in a sense. We've seen it, we've heard about it, we've witnessed it ourselves as youth pastors when we were uh, serving in a local church ministry in a youth pastor role. We saw the momentum that this camp specifically uh, created where you bring your entire youth ministry with your adult leaders they come for free when you have eight students signed up every eight students that ratio but they they come to nts camp and we put on all the activities and pretty much put you in a position where you can just focus on the relationship and your ministry and your group and students and and really start to project a vision for the next year and we have seen it and we've heard it about the momentum that nts camp has created so that the next year is just you're you're soaring and um we think it's vital another really interesting and unique component of nts camp is we hear this from a lot of adults and sounds strange but they actually leave at the end of camp refreshed because one of the things that we do is we carve out some space for some adult only um training sessions and chances to get together with your own team so it's, it's not only experience for your students, it's like providing a free conference experience for your adults. We bring in uh, national uh, leadership voices to uh, every adult that comes to camp, and we give some time to equip and pour into the leaders as well. So that's another great benefit of NTS Camp. So if you're interested, ntscamp.com. Get your group signed up. We'd love to see you there this summer. 
We also have Claim Your Campus 2020, Jason. That's July 4th weekend. And Claim Your Campus 2020, if you've been following this podcast or what we're doing leading up to this, this is a moment for this generation. There's over 75 denominations, organizations, campus ministries, all kind of leadership has come together on this platform of providing a moment for this generation of students to experience God and then equip them to go and bring this change to their middle and high school. If you are listening and you've, you're wondering whether to bring students or not, or you're just going, how can I bring an entire youth group to this event? And you're just, it's another event that you have to plan. It's not, it's not necessarily like that. It is find some key student leadership in your ministry and go, I want you there. I want to make sure you get there. Talk to the adult leaders that are involved in your ministry and make it a more of a, an intentional ask instead of a broad, uh, invite to the entire group and hope that people are going to sign up like you would for a spring break trip or a summer camp trip or a missions trip, but instead make it more intentional in saying, I'm going to approach a group of students in my ministry and say, I want you to be a part of this and bring them there. I've coached a lot of youth pastors, youth workers, and even students and said that very thing, Jason. What I've been doing is trying to help us as adults find these key students on campus and really challenge them and say, we believe that you could be a person that could be catalytic to bring change and to to be a person that that understands a vision that God has for your school, even as middle schoolers and middle school and high school, and challenge them and say, we want you to represent your school at this event and bring some of your friends and some other key people. And you know what? Students are doing that. And so that may be a complete different approach for you. And as Jason said, you know, a lot of times we, we throw out this broad invitation, but we're also challenging adults. What would it be like if you pulled aside some of your uh, select influential students and said to them, this is a vision for your school and you can become equipped and um, inspired to to bring change to your school. And I want you to, to be there and I'll help you get your friends and we'll figure out the details. So it's only $49 for students to go to this event. It's July 4th weekend. It's an outdoor festival type atmosphere. There's going to be bands for King and Country, lots of other artists and speakers. And it's just going to be uh, an event that hasn't happened in a generation. So find out more at ClaimYourCampus2020.com. We'd love to see you there. Also, every Tuesday night at 9 p.m., myself and a couple other hosts, Nicole and Amante, we were coaching adults and giving the latest updates on this event week to week as they happen in real time. So that's on Facebook on our Claim Your Campus page, 9 p.m. Eastern, every Tuesday night. Join us there as well. Okay, we're going to jump into this episode We're going to talk about six ways, Jason, that we can engage in a campus as youth workers and as as adults. I think we are trying to answer the question of what do we do about the students that are not even showing up? You know, we talked about it last episode. I mentioned it earlier, but the shift in the focus of our ministry is is changing. The culture of church ministry in general is, is changing and and we think the school campus is still ripe for the picking in a sense where you go, there is a lot of harvest there. And are we tapping into that? And are we focused on that? Or are we still looking at the bottom line numbers and going, man, what do we do about it? What do, the numbers are, are dropping and the stu- students aren't showing up and what do we do about it? And we want to, 
really right now kind of talk about that and, and maybe give some insight into what do we do about it? And the, that answer is centered around the school campus. So this could be a complete paradigm shift for you as a leader right now, as you're listening to this and you may have been uh, more of the, the mindset in ministry and, and a local church setting to go, we're just here to reach the kids that come through our doors. Jason, you mentioned earlier, but what do we do to change that? Because it absolutely has to change if we are going to reach this generation. So six ways we can engage the school campus. Number one, incorporate the campus into your ministry strategy. Incorporate the campus into your ministry strategy. And Jason, let's talk about how we can do this as leaders. Yeah, one of the thoughts that come to mind is when you think of a strategy for your ministry, you're thinking inside the building, what is your week gonna look like? You're gonna point your hours towards that strategy and that vision. And if the school campus is not a part of that vision and that strategy, then you're not gonna spend intentional hours during the week um, incorporating it. And so how can you carve out the the hours in your week your work week to to see that the school campus is also a part of those hours so incorporating that into your ministry strategy it could be something that you even write down you get together a group of students or parents or even community leaders and say how can we not just our our strategy for youth ministry in our local church but how do we somehow connect the school and our community and obviously for most of our communities and ministries, we're reaching several schools. So how do we incorporate the schools in our community into our strategy of ministry? So it might be certain things you do. For example, you may say to your students all in one day, we're going to do an invite night and we're going to do a big event. And so here's a poster and every student in your youth group puts up a poster on their locker on the same day. Or maybe they wear a your youth group shirt on a certain day or... You know, that, that's a small way, but it's a way to start to say, let's incorporate the campus into our ministry strategy. And at least it puts it on the radar so that you're thinking bigger and broader than just your own four walls of your ministry. Even as not just the youth ministry, regardless of size, but congregation of the church. And are they aware of the schools in the community? I know for the church that I used to work at, we would invite the certain sports teams to have their banquet in our building and allow them to have space outside of their walls. And it's not something that is like, Hey, now that you're here, let us give you a sermon. It's nothing like that. It's, it's saying, Hey, this is available and we just want to build this and make you aware of what's going on. And, um, and so to invite the, the school into your building, that has nothing to do with the church is an idea. You know, over the years I used to invite, uh, if we had teams in our districts that were going to district, regional, or state, we'd invite them in for a youth group night and just celebrate them. Sometimes we'd bring them all up on stage, pray for them, different things like that. But we, um, <clears throat> we celebrated them in our community. And that, you know, there are things like that that we can do to reach out. I remember... Over the years, we had um, a lot of students in band, and so we'd do things where we'd invite <clears throat> maybe part of their band to play at our youth group. We had a drum line come in a couple times and do some unique things with our youth group, but it was ways just 
to connect and be more aware of, of what we were doing. We had a Friday night fifth quarter program for years and some different ministries I was a part of. And, you know, we would have a lot of students come in and, and that was a much more community focused uh, time that we had every Friday night after football games and basketball games, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think what we were just trying to get us and the audience to to think about is is being aware of ways to incorporate that that school campus and not not just assume that they're going to show up on the the time frame that you are meeting. And Jason referenced it, your entire congregation. If you're familiar with the 360 degree leadership concept, this is a way you can lead up in your congregation to your senior leadership, to your senior lead pastor, to your board, to others, and and go before them and say, what are we doing in our community to incorporate the campus? They may not be thinking about it, and so instead of waiting for them, this is where we as youth workers can lead the way. Go to our congregations and say, this needs to be on our radar as a, as a church and as a congregation as well. So incorporating the campus in your ministry strategy, number one. Jason, number two. Number two is connect relationally with a campus, which is kind of tied to the first one because if you are going to invite them into your space or have some sort of awareness of, of what, what they're doing, you have to build relationships with the faculty, know the staff, and, uh, and just allow your presence to be known as well as uh, likewise the other way. So connecting relationally, that could be things like just writing a quick note to the principal, to the staff, to the school board, to some teachers that you may know. If you hear about something really good, or if just for no re- real specific reason, but just randomly write a note and say, thanks for what you do. Thanks for who you are. Thanks for serving. Um, a lot of times these people, they um, they are real people, obviously. You know, when you grow up, you don't think your teachers are have a real life. You know what they do. <laughs> Outside. And, yeah. But connecting relationally, getting to know them, and allowing them to get to know you is really important because <clears throat> nothing will happen of any kind of uh, significance on a deeper level until those relationships are built with the staff. And I would even suggest figuring out who is a teacher or a principal or a faculty member at the local schools that attend your church and get to know them and build that relationship as well and, and try to partner with them and get them involved in your ministry as well. So there is this relationship building on not only their terms, but on your terms as well. So it's like, you may not be aware that there's secretaries and principals and, you know, janitors that are attending your church and to intentionally figure that out and go, I want them to be a part of, of, of what I'm doing, or I want to, to just build that relationship because it's important. Number three, offer to serve their agenda not yours. Oftentimes we can go in and we can have assumptions or we can have our own fixed ways or methods or ideas of doing things. So like, for example, if if you said, well, I want to serve the school and the faculty, so I'm going to bring in lunch for them. And you, you may do that, but that may seem obvious to you, but that may not even really meet their needs or something that's really important to them. But how can you find out what's important to the faculty and go in and do something that really meets their needs or serves their agenda and not just yours. That goes back to connecting relationally too. If you know them just flat out, you can start to understand and know their needs and not just 
do something that you think is nice and appropriate. It's like, oh no, they are, they are well fed, but they may have nobody to, to clean up the bathrooms after, uh, football games or something, you know, offer that need as a youth group or something. So it, part of that is how do you find out someone's agenda? You go in and you ask and you sit and listen. And I've been guilty of this. I know a lot of ministries have been as well as we go into schools and we kind of bring our own agenda. We do that in a lot of uh, overseas mission trips too. You know, we oh, go, yeah. well, we're going to come in so we can do this. And really our agenda, ultimately, it's hard to admit this, but it's like, we want to feel good about ourselves and we yep. want to be able to tell people we're doing this. But, but truly to serve them is to find out their agenda, speak their love language, not your own and find out what they need. And I really believe that one of the biggest things that is needed, as I hear from teachers and faculty and people all over the country when it comes to schools, is the staff needs to be encouraged. Teachers are, a lot of Christian teachers, but just teachers in general, they're confused about what they can do and what they can't. I mean, can a teacher go up and give a, a student a side hug? Is that appropriate? You know, they're, they're immersed in this environment where kids are hurting and they're facing these dilemmas about what to do and how to respond and how to teach, but also how to mentor and care for these students that they see every day. And they're just in this really complex environment. And in our day and age, there's burnout, there's discouragement. And I think if nothing else, Coming in and being an encouragement to teachers is a big deal these days. It seems that more and more policy is to eliminate the relational aspect that you talk about a side hug or something like that. It's like, nope, can't touch students at all. Can't even give high fives or, you know, and it becomes more mechanical for the teacher. And it's like the kid is hurting or crying or disruptive and the teacher has to ignore it or deal with it in a very stoic mechanical way and not step in and even stop class to step into their world. And so, yeah, there is that need to be encouraged because there is so much that they are handling, not just the, the students that come in that are carrying the baggage from home and their life, but just in general with the the policies and the governments and and all the things that they have to the new curriculum and what's what's correct and not and and so um yeah i think encouragement in, in general is very key when we come back we're going to talk about three more ways we can engage with our school campus talking about six ways that we can engage our school campus. Jason, I just want to throw out too that amongst all these things, one thing that's really specific that every single one of us listening to this can do is this, is we can be involved in Pray for School Sunday. That's the third Sunday of September. There's this movement that's been happening for a few years to get churches to incorporate a, a, a segment of prayer during the weekend services on the third Sunday of September, that weekend, leading up to not only 
as we go into the school year, but leading up to see at the poll. And so if you go to PrayForSchoolSunday.com, you can see information about, there's resources there, but it's pretty simple. Just take some time during your services on that weekend to pray for schools. It's an important thing, something we can all do. So we've talked about the first three, Jason. Let's get into the next three here, ways that we can engage our campus. Number four would be be consistently present on campus. Uh, I bet a lot of those who are listening are aware of that, but may not actually be doing that where it's like, yeah, I know that's important, but man, the demands of my job just keeps me in my office or, or, you know, whatever it may be, it may not be something that they do consistently. So carving it out, putting it in your schedule. And I think there's a difference between being present on campus and being consistently present. And Jason, I love that word because it's consistency and we mentioned it in the earlier segment, it's relationships. Relationships happen with consistency. So when we are consistent and we're there, so... How do we do that? Well, you know, how how do you be present on a school these days as an adult? Uh, Jason, you and I, years ago, took an adolescent ministry seminary class together. And I remember one of the presenters, he worked for Young Life, a good friend, and he was talking about ways that he strategically builds relationships so that he can be consistently present at school. Now, he talked about this, and I guess it made sense, but I never thought about it. He said, how do you how do you build a relationship and get into a school? He said, there's one person that's the most important person when it comes to um, being present at school, and that's the gatekeeper in the office. You know, often we think, well, I just I need to get to know the principal or whatever, but if you get to know that gatekeeper sitting behind that desk, that literally hits the buzzer to open the door and the one that um, you sign in, you know, right there, that's the person you need to get to know. And he mentions very specific uh, ways to build a relationship with that person. And one of the ways was gifts. He goes, I'm not above bribing them. Now, he's not making it super obvious, but he'll bring in, you know, chocolates or a gift or whatever and on administrative assistance day he'd bring things by just no reason other than to say thank you for what you do and i think that whatever we can do to build relationships with that particular person that they really are truly the gatekeeper to that campus the the question i would ask then is do they the secretary or whoever would be sitting at that desk know your name as a youth pastor, as a youth leader, as a youth minister, whatever it may be, that you are are in first name relationship with that person. So because you've consistently presented yourself on campus, you are consistently showing up and desiring to meet students on campus or, or open up a room so that you can meet students or whatever it may be, but do they know your name first firsthand? And, and that would indicate whether you're building a relationship with the gatekeeper. One of the key rules there too, Jason, is, and I try to do this in general with people, is when you first meet someone, your first introduction is to ask something from them. And we often do that with people in ministry situations, but particularly the gatekeeper, we come in and go, hey, I need to, I need this. Can you get me this or whatever? But what if, especially if you haven't done this yet, if your first impression is you're doing something for them. So if you want more for them than from them, as a general rule, what will happen is, like you're saying, Jason, do they know your name? Not only will they know your name, but they'll go, oh yeah, Jason Brewer, he's a really good guy. I know him. 
and because he sends chocolates every day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it, it's 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 this impression of of really being there to serve them and their needs and to help them, and as a result, that's going to help you be consistently present at the school. And you're thinking ahead, and you're going. I would like to build this relationship. So I'm going to introduce myself before I need to ask for something. I'm going to just introduce myself. Number five, share the vision with your students. You want to be talking about this. I would suggest that you start this sharing with select groups of people, your adult leaders, your student leaders. You may have an official, uh, more formal uh, student leadership team, or you may have an informal one, but you've got your key influencers, whoever they are in your ministry, go to them and start sharing the vision in formal and informal ways, even in front of your entire youth ministry in different times, you can do this, but, but sharing the vision of why the campus is so important in the opportunity. We, we talked about the numbers and made the case in the last episode, you know, of all the left-handed people that yeah not that it was the other stats it was 50 percent of students waking life they're on campus during the school year they're spending nine thousand hours between middle and high school and 98 percent of our population is in middle school and high school campus during those years so you know those are statistical things but it's it's also we talked about it's more than that 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 schools are the hub of our communities it's where a lot of the activities it's where our economy our vacations our schedules, our rhythms of, of even if you don't have kids in school, uh, as you got to wait for school buses during the traffic. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I mean, everybody's taking vacations when school's out, you know, so much is driven by our schools. So they really are a hub of our society. And so consistently sharing the vision of why school is important to what we do as a ministry. This goes back to also the phrase that we shared last time as well as Many times the default of our students can be school sucks. And if we share the vision of what the purpose is and their purpose on campus, it, it shifts that, that idea of my school sucks to my, my school is great because you see the opportunity of ministry. You see the opportunity of, of growth and faith in that student. And so it shifts that, that mentality. And if you're sharing that vision of how important the campus is, then it, it just guides them along in that, that vein. So, you know, that's, um, that's one of those important strategy pieces that when we think about sharing the vision, it's really key that we keep that in front of our students so that we, that we can maybe over time flip that default button to uh, a different mentality for our students. And number six, and final, equip your students to lead on their campus. What does that mean? Well, getting your students involved, talking to them about ways that they can be engaged and giving them confidence. I think one of the things that students consistently over my years of student ministry have wanted when it comes to their school is they've wanted confidence and they've wanted community. They want to know that they're, they're, they've got what it takes to do something to make a difference at their school. I think they're, they're really wanting to know, how can I live out my faith for others to see at my school? And giving them confidence and then community so that they don't feel alone. That's the number one 
way that students I feel get discouraged is they go, I no one else feels like I do and I'm by myself out here. When you give them an avenue to lead, not just in the ministry, but somewhere else and, and believe in them and pour into them, it gives them that confidence. And that's one way that they can uh, be equipped is to to lead on their campus and, and see that it's important and their classmates. And it can seem so overwhelming that it's like I'm supposed to stick out as a leader at my school amongst thousands of students and what does that even look like and 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 yet there are are key elements to leadership that can be applied to to uh, their interaction at school with their friends even in small groups or class or anything like that but we also we here at never the same do a thing called claim your campus and that's a an avenue for them to lead a few students, their peers, their classmates, their friends. And it's a, it's a way for them to gain confidence to, to lead and have a purpose in their, their realm of school. I can't tell you how many stories and students that I've interacted with where they have had a similar experience where they said I was quiet and shy and reserved, especially about my faith at school. I started to claim your campus weekly prayer group. I used the app and it showed me exactly what I need to do to lead this group. And, and it gave them this confidence to be secure in their faith and to say, I'm not, you know, putting it in people's face like offensively, but I'm, I'm respectfully living out uh, my faith on my school campus. And that's, that story has been told over and over and over. And, so Claim Your Campus, it really started this national movement where now tens of thousands of students are praying at schools across America. It started with a handful of students at your high school, Jason, right after you, you know, not long after you graduated, yep. East Kentwood High School in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where students um, started praying and they said, uh, we want to keep doing this. And they started these weekly prayer groups and that really changed my whole mentality to be able to equip them to lead. And some really cool things came out of that besides Claim Your Campus. I was thinking of, um, you know, 420 day is, you know, April 20th is a big day. And um, we had students say, um, what if we did John 316 day? And they started doing it at their school and it spread um, to some other youth groups around here and through word of mouth. Um, we're on March 16th on 316 Everyone wore a white t-shirt and then they put these red ribbons that they pinned onto their white t-shirt. And that was all student ideas. They just came to me and said, Hey, we're, we're going to do John three sixteen day at our school. Can we promote a youth group? I'm like, absolutely. And they brought ribbons to youth group and, you know, did, did their whole thing on their own. And that's what it means to equip students to lead. If you can create that culture and environment where students are coming up with ideas and doing it, then you're winning because they're not only reaching their campus and it's part of their strategy, but they're also coming up with ideas and, and initiatives on their own. So ministry has shifted and we've lost the privilege that we've had for so long where students were more automatically coming to our churches and youth groups. And now we have to change the way we do ministry today. Going into this new decade, this is an opportunity for you to change the paradigm with which maybe you've done ministry for a long time. And that is to incorporate the campus 
into your ministry strategy. So we encourage you to do that. We've given you some resources. We've had a couple great conversations. And we hope that you take this to heart and consider ways that you can involve your ministry with your local campus. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.